0: Today we talked about being a good boss. Being a good boss to me honestly is probably the most important thing and the thing I struggled with the most. I was in the business very young and obviously my mental state was I gotta prove to my dad that I can do it. You know you have those stereotypes like for example like Mr. Burns that you have to be this tough mean boss that's actually quite the opposite. You have to be nice. You have to be respectful and you have to know how much you appreciate your employees. And I honestly can say that I have changed a lot. I really appreciate them. Talking to my dad, I felt like we kind of have the same mindset right now that could be directed in life in general. You cannot be a good boss. You cannot be a good at anything unless you're good with yourself. So I feel like, honestly, that was my biggest thing and what I have worked on the most. Learn how to manage your stress. Learn how to talk to people. You personally have to be good to be a good boss. Hi, Dad.
1: Hey, morning.
0: Thank you for being here again.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> after last night. <laughs> <Now you see. laughs>
0: parties, parties. Parties.
1: <laughs> a lot of parties.
0: So... Today, we're going to talk about what it takes to be a good boss. And though you're my well, dad, you're my boss. So you taught me a lot of things, but I wanted to see how you started and
1: and what you learned. Well, I think that being a good boss is not just to be nice with everybody, you know. I mean, not to be mean with your employees, but you have to be a straight. Yes. You know, because uh, one thing is to be... A strict is different to be a mean, yeah. you know. But uh, being a good boss is to be a strict because it's good for everybody, not just for you. If you're not strict, your business is not going to have any success, you know.
0: Yeah, and um, even the little things, it's very yeah, important.
1: very important. The details. Yes, you have to be very strict on everything, on, on cleaning, on uh, quality, on... On everybody's, uh, you know, presentation? personal presentation, everything, and uh, of course, you have to have respect with the employees each each other. You know,
0: because they yeah. are very important.
1: Oh yeah, it's just that to be to be strict in 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 you know in whatever you're doing on on your business.
0: So when you first started Lindo, what what did you yeah. learn? Like I know you have to be strict in the details, but like like what 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 other things.
1: Well, I am gonna give you an example. My my brother Timo used to own a restaurant and I keep telling him, hey, you have to don't be too nice. You have to be strict. I mean everybody I know everybody loves you, but I mean is this this is affecting your business. I mean and what happened he ended closing the restaurant because he's too nice. He's too good.
0: Mm-hmm. I
1: mean and in the end Affect the employees too because they gonna have to go look for a job. That's true. I mean, they or they have enough problems to to cash the checks or mm-hmm. because he don't have no no money in the bank, you know.
0: Yeah, and I I, uh, I also I also learned from you is that like I told the employees if we have rules, it's not to be rude. It's for a reason, rather for the client yeah. or for like the health department or for or for themselves.
1: Like. Uh, Last night, you know, we have a, a new bus boy, and uh, he took the chips first to the table. Mm-hmm. And we have a very strict rule that the silver got to be first and then the chips. Mm-hmm. And and why we make that rule? Because I learned that you forget things, you know, and, and when you if you bring the chips first, you're going to forget the, the silverware. And, and when people start eating the bean dip and sometimes they got some bean dip in the clothes and they start looking for napkins. And so I start thinking, hey, I have to do something, you know, and, and we make a rule, very strict rule, the silver first. And it's been working great. Yeah. And it's been good for the for the business, for the. True. Yeah. And also, and also like,
0: if you don't give them silverware and it's time to eat, they don't have a fork, they gotta right. wait for their fork. Uh-huh. You gotta find somebody rather than I they have. I mean, ha- you
1: see it all the time yeah. when you go to a restaurant. That's true. They don't put the silver first, and then what happens? You're gonna have to be raising your mm-hmm. hands, hey. And, no, we don't. You want know, that. or getting up and, may I have a mm-hmm. fork, please? Or, yeah. So we have a rule, a very strict rule. Oh,
0: yeah.
1: And it's been working. Yeah. I mean, perfect. I mean, or,
0: honestly, we have a lot of rules, and they're good because, like, for example... The, and
1: you have to be a strict. Yeah. If, if they start breaking the rules, you have to be, hey, mm-hmm. this is the way they got to be, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like when you put your clothes, you're not going to put your shoes first and right. then decide. The yes, you know? exactly. So you have to be very strict. Mm-hmm. And that's going to be, in the yeah. end, your business is going to be... Yeah, you know.
0: because I mean, you can have all these rules and on all these things, but I feel that you taught me that you have to be there, you have to be involved. Why do you think being involved is so important? Oh,
1: I mean, I don't know. For some reason, it's natural on the employees when the owner is not there. I mean, they they don't care. They and and it's natural. Believe me, I, I used to be an employee too, yeah. and I I I knew it when the owner is not there. We don't care too much. We start talking to each other. We don't put a lot of attention in the tables. In in, in our case, you know, in our restaurants, mm-hmm. uh we forget about, I mean, we don't take the drinks right away or the chips or, you know, we,
0: mm-hmm.
1: it, it's natural. Yeah, na- it's, it's, not it's, just- it's
0: like the, when the parents leave the house, you're like, yeah, let's, do this, let's yeah. do that. Dad's so it's not very here, mom's not important
1: yeah. that the uh, owner be in the business. No matter what kind of business it is. the owner has got to be there or, or somebody that really cares for the business. Mm-hmm. But uh, I learned that nobody cares except for the owner.
0: Yeah, no one's going to <clears> see what
1: no. the owner sees. Even if it's your family or... That's true. But if you know the owner i mean yeah it's, i lived that it's not the same. i've seen that
0: before yeah. yeah so obviously you have we have our system we have our rules what are your standards for like an employer or a manager cuz you know like we have managers and we expect them to look at things yeah. or an employee
1: no matter where you're working i mean you have to keep a 100% you know
0: exactly yeah cuz uh, i, I cuz i think from what i've seen and what i learned I think the most important thing of an employee is to see that they care. For example, just an example, like the smallest thing, like there's a piece of paper or napkin on the floor. The one who will stop and pick it up, you know they care. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's like, or the one who sees a spill and they come and clean it up. And you're
1: going to notice that from 10 of the employees, only one going to do that. Yeah. And and I mean, unfortunately... uh, it's natural that the employee think, Well, if this business don't make it, I just go and look for another mm-hmm. job because mm-hmm. it's easier for them.
0: I don't know about the other ones, but I, I think thankfully in Lindo, Desert Inn, we have a lot of employees that do care. You know, we do have a lot of really we have good, a
1: lot of good employees. Great yeah, employees,
0: really great employees. We have
1: them for a long time. Yeah. I mean, they've been uh, I mean, I'm very happy with mm-hmm. the team that you have. Yeah, um, me too. They're great, but even like that, you have, we have to be there.
0: Yeah, you have to be be yeah, the because yeah. They, a, one little rule that even I forget. You come in and you're like, hey, you know, even yeah. even even I have a boss, you, you know.
1: Well, everybody <laughs> has boss, I guess. Yeah,
0: yo, yeah, you have to, but
1: even even Donald Trump, <laughs> see what's going to happen to him? You know.
0: <laughs> yeah, he has. A, <laughs> he he get fired. To- yeah. <laughs>
1: You're they fired. probably fire him.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, y- how, how, do, what are your tips for being a good boss for more for multiple locations?
1: I mean, like I said, you know, try to be there as much as you can. Be strict. Mm-hmm. I mean, be strict. Have a lot of, re- be respons- responsible, with with the business, with the money. I mean, uh, a lot of owners they not responsible they spend the money on uh, big houses and this and that and a lot of cars and I mean
0: yeah and
1: they don't think on the uh, about the employees you know and and That's true. sometimes they don't even have enough money to pay for the payroll yeah. and you know mm-hmm. and to have money you know yeah uh, safe in case something happened you know
0: yeah because I think from all the years I've been here, my most important job is payroll.
1: Yeah, You got to make
0: it, sure it's on time, you got to make sure that they can cash it, you know, so you got to make sure their hours are correct.
1: I used to work in a, in, in a restaurant before I opened my restaurant, and a lot of times we have problems to cash the checks, but we see the owner Driving a Mercedes Benz and going here and there, and he never show up. Yeah, that's you know that's not no, that's that's not
0: a good boss. Yeah, I also think that you know you like I said before, you're my boss, and I've learned a lot from you. But one thing that I learned the most from you was that to be a good boss, you have to be good physically and mentally. You know. Like I, yeah. I, I, think pa- uh, e-
1: even I told you. Remember, that, yeah. that the ex- do exercise exactly.
0: Yeah, because you can't, you can't be you. The restaurant is quick; it's fast. You gotta, you gotta run here, run there, and you gotta. You can't be out of out of shape. You know, yeah, like it's, it's, you have to. It's a sometimes it's, I come out sore the and, next and day. And even I, for your yeah, for that's for what your, I'm saying. You gotta, you feel good and stuff yeah. like that because you know I struggled before with that and it took me a while to Mm -hmm. balance it but it's i think that's the best thing you've because if you
1: feel good with yourself exactly you're gonna be
0: happy and happy
1: and be with good with everybody exactly
0: and you and you and and you're
1: gonna think more clear
0: exactly yes very true and i thank you dad because you are a really good boss and i have learned a lot from you thanks dad again for talking to me So today I have Brad Birdsall from the Egg & I and Eggworks Family Restaurant. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. Like I was telling you earlier, I'm a big fan. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Oh, I
2: have to agree with you. Yeah, (laughs)
0: and you do it right.
2: Yes, I appreciate that.
0: So let's learn a little bit about you, Brad. Where are you from?
2: So originally I I grew up in a small town in uh, Ohio called Fairfield, Ohio, right between Dayton and Cincinnati. Oh, okay. Uh, I was there till I was about 21, going to college, and uh, my parents decided to move out, come to Vegas. Oh, uh, nice. My father was a professional poker player, which actually oh, wow. what brought me to this town, and my free rent was leaving Cincinnati. Mm-hmm. I was going to University of Cincinnati, and uh-huh. I thought, why not Vegas?
0: So you went to UNLV?
2: Yes, I did. I graduated uh, with a hotel restaurant degree oh, in nice. uh, 1993.
0: So when you went into college, did you know that I'm going to do restaurants
2: well I thought that's what I wanted to do. my original intention when I first came out here is I really thought I would have a backup plan which was going to be the restaurant industry Mm -hmm. but I kind of thought I'd be a poker player but oh
0: wow after
2: sitting through a few games and losing money I just thought about all the things I could spend yeah you know on that money that I don't have anymore so it just wasn't for me I'm not a good loser
0: yeah oh (laughs) yeah especially money wise and I'm sure you had to do big bucks right
2: Uh, well it just depends you start slow but yeah
0: okay (laughs)
2: but yeah, but I you know, I saw that's what I saw my father doing. Yeah. so I just thought oh, maybe I'll try that. Oh,
0: that's cool. So that's really cool. It was not for yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> so let's let's talk about how this amazing restaurants came. So from what I understand that the. the and I or was already here.
2: Yes, it was. It was there for about ten years when we, when me and a partner acquired it. Um, okay. I was working at Romano's Macaroni Grill as an executive chef.
0: Oh wow! Um,
2: that's how I did mm-hmm. four years hard time in the Mirage as yeah. a uh, server. That put me through mm-hmm. college, and then I couldn't get out of the the, the casino quick enough. It mm-hmm. was. You know, it, was, it was a grind, So, yeah. and I really wanted to learn the industry, and mm-hmm. it would take forever in that environment to really learn all aspects of a restaurant, so right. um, I took a job in a real small restaurant called Cousin's Cafe, um, got thrown to the wolves, put in as a kitchen manager straight out of college, mm-hmm. and it was good. It was a sink or swim type job. I learned a lot. Yeah. Um, the employees around me helped me a lot because uh, I was really green on that side. The front I had down, and mm-hmm. um, then after that, I went to the macaroni grill, did four years there, and while I was there, I started working on a business plan for Eggworks,
0: mm-hmm. So how did you, how did you, is that how you got into cooking?
2: Well, I kind of got thrown into it. As a okay, kid, yeah. I really, I always enjoyed cooking. Oh, you know, okay. My mom yeah. was always cooking and making everything oh, from nice. scratch. And stuff. So I really enjoyed it as a lifeguard at 13. And, you know, I used to take money from the girls because they didn't want to do the concession mm-hmm. stand loop. And I was sitting there and be, basically be a short order cook and cooking hamburgers yeah. and chicken and hot dogs and stuff like that. So I really, I've, I really found enjoyment in, in, you know, cooking a good meal or cooking a good burger for these people. Oh, so nice. I think yeah. that's kind of where it really started back then
0: cool so so the egg and I uh, the egg and I came and you guys you and your partner
2: well we put together a big old business plan and okay. had pictures and menu and we were gonna do egg works and you know it's Unfortunately, you know, you, we were presenting all this stuff to mm-hmm. the banks. Well, back then we had a really good at worth ethic. We had no money in the acca- right. our bank accounts. I mean, yeah. we were we were broke. Mm-hmm. So basically, the banks weren't going to give us a shot. So um, just through my business partner, her sister was a waitress at the Egg, and I
0: mm-hmm.
2: and my partner that I partnered up mm-hmm. with, she. Mentioned something one day to the original owner, and the owner said, um, you know, she said something about, yeah, we're going to do our own breakfast right.' unless, of course, you want to sell. Well, it was kind of crazy because within literally an hour, it was me, my partner, uh, her accountant, and the old owner of the egg and I, uh-huh. her name was Kay Stout, amazing lady, oh, nice. and, uh, and, and we worked a deal and right wow. there. So we gave our jobs about two months' notice and, and, cool. and decided we were going to have this cutoff date, and that was kind of the start of it.
0: Cool, that's great. And and so, were you a big fan of the egg and I?
2: Yeah, like, I'd eaten there quite a few okay. different times.
0: And how was how was it? What's the difference that you change?
2: Oh, it's night and day. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because my background <laughs> is the food and stuff like that. So when yeah, we when okay. we first acquired it, mm-hmm. you know, my partner, the the agreement was is that I was the 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 kitchen side of it. Okay. And she was pretty much the front of the right. house. So when I got in there, there literally was one recipe and wow. that was it and these mm-hmm. guys were making it we had two different food purveyors mm-hmm. just coming in doing their own food yeah. orders and just dropping food whatever they want mm-hmm. there was no consistency the equipment was totally wrong Whoa. and uh i literally sat back for right about 30 days just taking notes here's oh, one because nice. i didn't want to go mm-hmm. in and just disrupt right, everything exactly. and because when you take over a business you don't want to stress out the employees because they're the ones running the business, True. you know, and I needed to understand that. And a lot of people are like, you know, you've mm-hmm. got to understand the box. So for me, I needed to get in there and understand all the aspects of mm-hmm. what was going on there. And then once I understood what was going on, then I could start making changes. Right. And that's, we just slowly over the years, just started making changes to the menu, to the recipes, mm-hmm. standardizing things. And I did about 12 years on the line, calling checks you know, pretty much daily ordering food. And we'd take that hat off and go do payroll. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, know, filling out the the paperwork for Mm -hmm. the bills, just all that stuff.
0: So did you ever, did you picture yourself, I'm going to, have breakfast restaurants. Well, it's breakfast and lunch. So yeah, you, yeah, it's six to
2: three, yeah, seven days a week. Um, well, when we started to decide we were going to do our own restaurant, yeah. we were like, we were both, I worked in the, the, the Mirage for all the years. so I worked the swing shift, so I was yeah, like exactly. a three to eleven. And then at the Macaroni Grill, mm-hmm. I worked all the time. I mean, I worked at lunch, I worked at dinner, yeah, I worked splits. Exactly. And just for quality of life, we just, and, and at that time, there wasn't a whole lot of breakfast restaurants mm-hmm. in, in Vegas. Right, um, yeah. So, it just made sense and mm-hmm. the hours made sense. Yeah. And, and I think that's what Appeal does because we're done at three.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah, makes sense. I nice. would love that. <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool. So now you have seven locations.
2: Yeah. So we, to, to, I mean, the mm-hmm. transition from that was just, was crazy for me. We, I started with the egg and I, mm-hmm. me and my partner decided to split and she went one direction. I went another. Okay. Um, so at the time I maintained the, uh, the egg and I mm-hmm. while she went out and opened up her other restaurant. Um, I was newly married and had a, had uh, my daughter mm-hmm. and I, I wasn't ready to do another restaurant. To right, me, okay. I didn't, I don't want to be one of those people that gets really old and regrets spending all the time at work and not seeing yeah. my kids grow up. So I held off, and then my son came along, and I waited another two years. Oh, and while that mm-hmm. two years was going, that's when I was really working on my business mm-hmm. plan for Eggworks. And when my son got two, that's when I actively started pursuing my first location, which mm-hmm. was up on Fort Apache and Flamingo. Right, And yeah. um, we still had a partner at the Egg mm-hmm. and I, so we were kind of you know sh- juggling the shifts together and stuff like that. So then, I don't know about six or seven months after opening, mm-hmm. um, we were we had been negotiating about what we're going to sell the restaurant, one of us buy each other out. Right. Um, it, it it turned out that through a through a course of just interactions, we ended up I ended up buying her out of the egg, and I, oh, okay. and that started me my two restaurants. Mm-hmm. And then at the time, I was working for my company, you know, and and I had an aha moment. Um, when I was up there working, and I just, I started having blurry vision and ended up going to the hospital, did a bunch oh, of wow. tests, and every, all said and done, I had I was just stressed out, yeah. you know, and, oh, yeah. and the guy's like, because I'm bouncing between these two restaurants yeah. now, and I've got two crews, and I'm running the one, mm-hmm. and trying to manage the other, and I'm doing payroll, and, and yeah. so I was really stressed, oh, so wow. he said, just take some time off, mm-hmm. well, I ended, up, I ended up going over to California with a buddy of mine who had a friend that sold his dot-com company for $60, 70000000 million. Oh, Oh, wow. and he was five years younger than me and I was just intrigued with this guy. Yeah. And I you know, I cornered him and mm-hmm. I you know, drank some wine with him and just, I wanted to know his story. How did he do it and stuff like yeah. that. So after hearing that, his story, he starts asking me about mine. I'm telling him what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the story and I'm telling him I'm burning at both ends and I'm stressed out and all that, he looks at me and he goes, he goes, you got two choices right now, Brad. He goes, you can spend the rest of your life working for your company or you can spend the rest of your life working to grow your company. Oh, nice. I said, and, and you got to make that decision. And it was probably the the most important thing that I've ever heard mm-hmm. from somebody because I was so focused on just working my company right. and not growing it. And I was such a control freak. So I had mm-hmm. to let go. I had to let go. I had to look at the people I had around me. And mm-hmm. at that time, I probably had, you know, 45, 50 people around me. And some have been with me for, you know, at this time, 10 years, mm-hmm. you know, for about the length that yeah. I've known is 10 or 12 years. And I just started investing my time in them and and let go a little bit, which was really hard. And that that started my journey Mm of of really expanding up to where I'm at today with seven restaurants. Yeah.
0: And and the cool thing that I was like, I was very like, I couldn't believe that. When did you do your commercial kitchen, which I think is the best idea if you're going to have many locations, because I feel like that controls the food the quality of the food. So when did you come up with that idea? Like, I'm going to do a, a commercial kitchen.
2: Well, the, the main thing that made me want to do it was, well, f- multiple things, but right. one of the main things was my banana nut muffins that we cooked. Oh, yeah. in, oh, yeah. in this facility we have now, we have a commissary. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's uh, right behind where the new Raiders Stadium is. So we got got really lucky picking up that building. Mm-hmm. But that was about six years ago. But the main, the main purpose for that, the main reason I want to do it is to have the consistency with my banana nut muffins because okay. we were baking them in all the six locations. Yeah, at the time Mm -hmm. and we actually had five locations when we went into that and i and i think you know one or two locations Mm -hmm. i think you have to stay within house at at location three i built a home office and took all the the paperwork Mm -hmm. out of the restaurants and put it in a home office and hired a lady to handle me do that which tony's amazing Mm -hmm. and then um but at, once I got to five, that's when I really started looking at the commissary. And also part of the the reason I went that route was because I went to L.A., spent about three years mm-hmm. bouncing back and forth, and I developed uh, a couple product lines. So we we manufacture, or I have manufactured my own four different hot sauces. Yeah. I have a Michelada, a yeah. Bloody Mary mm-hmm. mix. I have two types of salsa, yeah, and we ob- use it. Diablo
0: Diablo, yeah,
2: all in my Your restaurant. Potatoes. Yeah, that Ooh. seasoning, all that yeah. stuff. So I found mm-hmm. I found partners over there that could help me do that, and and. and and just the consistency mm-hmm. and the savings on it was just unreal, you know, unreal. Yeah. but that's what, that's what really, um, kind of driv- drove me to do it because, you know, we were buying, back in the day, we were buying cans of refried beans, you know, before we had this commissary mm-hmm. kitchen, we'd add all of our stuff to it and and make it our egg works refried beans. Well, now I buy 2,000 pounds of pinto beans mm-hmm. on a pallet, we soak them, and we have our own recipe, and we make oh, pinto beans yeah. from scratch and Spanish rice from scratch, and I've got a smoker in there, and we use all kinds of uh, smoked meats, and we do a smoked chicken chorizo. Mm-hmm. Oh, we make man, our chorizo man. from scratch, our pork carnitas from scratch, and, and tons Ooh. of salt and stuff. So it really gave me the consistency that I needed because yeah. these batches are divvied up and they go to the seven yeah, locations which is, now. Yeah, which is
0: really important, you know, yeah. like I myself, for example, with the other locations, I get a lot of like, oh, it's not the same here, then over there, and which is a big thing, you know, like your recipes have to be the same. Positively. You know? Yeah, exactly. So I think that's when I, when I saw that, I was like, that's very smart, a very smart idea. And it's more like more your your recipes, your egg works, you
2: know? Oh, it's from scratch Yeah, now. it's from yeah, scratch. Yeah, and a lot of people get bigger and they're looking how to get more efficient. Exactly. I was looking how to get more real and yeah. fresh and stuff and which like is, that.
0: That's food. And
2: so, and I took five years off. So mm-hmm. I did five, once I bought that building, cause it's a 20,000 square foot building and we're in. And when I bought it, it didn't come with an instruction manual. So right. I had no idea how to convert my restaurant from a self-contained mm-hmm. unit to a commissary model. So I took five years and it was you know buying different equipment and just uh, every time we had these uh, you know hurdles, we would mm-hmm. figure out how to do it. Like we were making this homemade corned beef hash yeah. and we oh, have a 40 so gallon steam jacket yeah. and we were mixing it in the steam jacket. Mm-hmm. Well, you're talking two, 300 pounds worth of it. So yeah. it's really hard to get consistency. Mm-hmm. So we ended up buying a meat mixer, which, which it, which will mix. 300 pounds of of product at a time. So we add all of our ingredients and it mixes it up for us and it it tilts. Mm -hmm. and, And then we had for the muffins, we were hand doing every single muffin, well, it was taken forever, so we buy yeah. bought a thing called a depositor. Mm-hmm. It allows us to put forty gallon our mix in, and you push a button, and you know four drops. Right. So you can fill yeah. a tray in like mm-hmm. three seconds. So oh, yeah, that's so great. but it, it was mm-hmm. it took five years, and in, in developing mm-hmm. these recipes, like we didn't used to make our marinara now, sauce from scratch or our enchilada sauce mm-hmm. from scratch, but we make all that stuff. Yeah, from that's scratch awesome. Now. So, I love
0: that. That's so, great. but
2: the end result and the best part about it was after five years, we had moved a. a about 30 recipes over to the commissary. Mm-hmm. We've got portion control. So the consistency is really good. Yeah. But the most amazing end result was about a savings of two and a half to 3% food costs wow. company wide. Oh,
0: and that's, that's a lot. And that's huge. Yeah. That's very huge. That that's is great. Huge. And you know, one thing that I, I've noticed a lot, every time I go to Eggworth, it's always busy. Always. I can't remember the time I've gone, you know, and that it's not like that you don't have to wait or you don't see a full house or like, you know so i kind of want to pick your brain a little bit what do you think because all it's all the locations and and if you see all your reviews you have like five star four and a half stars so what does it take to be a good boss and and an involved boss
2: well, I, I I mean I think the bottom line is is what really matters in in the restaurant business and a lot of people argue what what's more important the food or the service. Right. I would argue the food's probably 60-70%, service is probably 30-40 because mm-hmm. I personally would go eat at a restaurant that has amazing food and right. mediocre service, yeah. but I'm not going to go to a restaurant that has amazing service and mediocre food. Right, so exactly. the food the food is definitely mm-hmm. the number one focus right. and and that's where I've been focused on for oh, the last nice. 22 23 years mm-hmm. and in developing the standards and stuff like that. Because the way I like to run my company is that my lowest standard is everyone around me's highest standard. Mm-hmm. And and yeah. the thing is, it's just keeping your low standard mm-hmm. high and, and not accepting anything lower than that. Mm-hmm. So but 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 the key to really to the success is the people. You know, I, I'm one person. I've got over 400 employees now, yeah. and they are the heart, the soul. Mm-hmm, exactly. I mean, they bring these things to life on a daily basis. And and, and I think you treat them with respect, you take True. care of them, yeah. you pay them well. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've gotten employees that have been with me 15, 16 years on right, this journey. Exactly. And it's those people that I'll take care of, you know, in the mm-hmm. end. And I'll do some partnership programs with these guys outside of the state of Nevada here, probably starting in the next year or two. Oh, nice. But the key definitely mm-hmm. to, to the success is the people. You know, mm-hmm. and then obviously to that, one of the things I don't believe in is seniority. I don't run seniority in my restaurant. Okay. I respect that. I respect it. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I, I believe in job performance, you know, reliability, right. yeah. attitude, teamwork. Mm-hmm. You know, those are the things that make a successful restaurant. And I think as, a, as an owner, if you put things into play that, that, that are pushing up on your on your standards, not pulling down on them, mm-hmm. it really makes it easier to do the job, right. you know, and and – Like, for example, my cooks don't have the final say in the food that comes out. The servers have the final say, mm-hmm. the expediter has the final right. say, because if you give one guy that's having a bad day calling checks and he starts driving your, your quality of food down, right. yeah. it's not good. And these guys don't want to be disrespected mm-hmm. and they surely don't want to be baking things two times. But by putting those type of standards in place, it really allows you know the standards to stay high right. because someone's going to call them on it and they know not to bother putting it out, mm-hmm. So, which is good. But definitely the employees, that is the key.
0: That's very true. Uh, I like that. So we were we were just talking about that. So like your standards are food, which I agree with you, is the most important thing because that's what we're selling—the menu. You know. So what are what are your standards on your managers? Because I feel like if you're gonna have seven locations, you have to have really good managers, especially if you want the standard that you Eggworks gives. What what do you require from your managers?
2: Well, I, I first of all, I don't want them work more than forty hours a week. Yeah, I, okay. I give them I give them three weeks paid vacation the oh, day nice. these GMs start. Yeah. I, you know, because I did Macaroni <clears throat> Grill. It took me two years to get a week. Mm-hmm. You know, and and after the year I got the week, but they wouldn't give me one for. So I just a lot of things that I am mm-hmm. or the way I run my company is is parts of you know whether they're negative experiences or, or positive mm-hmm. experience. I'm I'm a little piece of all those experiences, and I think through life all of us are. So for me, getting into that I there's a lot of things that I'm like I'm not gonna treat my people that way yeah. and, and and I give them the time off and I don't want them. I want them to have a quality life and 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 the restaurants are really important to me but more important to me is their families and and and, and their health and well being because mm-hmm. that needs to be uh first at, at all times so I think taking care of them and 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 having them you know feel appreciated and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. we have a training program within our company okay. and, and we have um you know and we, we promote through that program it's called a key management program mm-hmm. so people who come in that are interested in management you don't have to have a college degree uh, All you have right, to yeah. you know, do and, and, and you know I always wish there was a, like a magic pill mm-hmm. that would give people a, an amazing personality because that's yeah. really what you want I mean yeah. a restaurant's like putting on a show
0: that's true you know yeah. and you
2: want that personality but we promote from within and, and what it does it allows us to see those people and how they work and stuff like mm-hmm. that and it gives us the ability to train them and then work their up into the GM's position because what what key keeps me from expanding my company mm-hmm. isn't finding the location or raising the capital it's the people
0: right and so what have you learned in these past years to be involved like I I, I read um, this news article of one of your managers and the first thing she said about you is that you're very involved so what are your tips to be involved even if it's like one location because you know a lot of things like For example, like me being raised in the restaurant business, or my dad used to tell me, if you want to be a boss, you want to be the owner, get it in your head that you have to be here a lot, you know? And, you know, sometimes some restaurant owners are like, they don't come a lot. They feel like it's just like it's running by itself. But it's really important to be involved and to be there and to see what's happening. So what, what are, what tips do you have for
2: that? Well, for me, my role has changed. I mean, so much Mm -hmm. over the last, you know, 20 years of doing this and, and the day-to-day operations, you know, so me, I've got the different levels of management. So I really deal heavily with my, my corporate manager who's in charge of payroll, human resources, bills, Mm -hmm. all the paperwork stuff. Uh, I've got a corporate chef now. I've got a operations manager. Um, I've got a commissary manager. So those upper management, Mm -hmm. the upper management team is where I really, really, work with oh, okay. a lot and I train mm-hmm. them a lot and I train them to work with their crew. So it's every restaurant has its own GM, it's kitchen oh, manager okay. and we got assistant mm-hmm. kitchen manager and stuff like that. So there's, there's a level of command and, and, they all kind of help train each other, and it just kind of works. It it works its way down. And 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 when I go into stores, I don't manage around my people; I manage through them. You okay. know, uh, yeah. Because if you go in and you start managing around them, then you're undermining their authority and stuff like right. that. So I like to manage uh, through them. So if I see a problem, I'll go t- bring up the management team and say, and then that brings in. But I, I'm in the True. stores every mm-hmm. store a couple of days a week. Um, you know, and, yeah. and but my focus right now, or where I'm at in my company, mm-hmm. is I'm really at the point where. I'm I'm the only one that can grow my company, right. so I'm actively looking for different locations. Um, we did build a spec building, opened our seventh location about mm-hmm. a month and a half ago up in Centennial. Um, so now I'm looking for places maybe where to put that. Nice. Uh, as far as that that's, goes, that's but great. the key, I mean, like I said, over the years, it's changed so much right. on, on yeah. how, how, because there was days where I was, where I was cooking nine hours a day and, and in that, and then I would go here and cook for a few hours and then I'd get a phone call and then I'd go over to another store and mm-hmm. it just changed. And, and, and pe- to me, that was just part of just training my people and, and, and paying that due. Cause all these, you know, hundreds and hundreds of hours I spent on the front end, getting these people where I need it is buying me thousands of hours on the back end. You know, and now these people are trained so they can train people and it just is perpetual.
0: So what are some of the things that you love about the restaurant business?
2: Well, I I just, I love cooking, you know, I I love, I love, you know, what, what it means. Mm -hmm. I mean, obviously we all have to eat, but it's so, it's so enjoyable to go in and and see the people satisfied and, and, and to look at that. And, and I think, you know, talking back when I was in the concession stand cooking the burger, I mean, I'm adding a little salt and pepper to it and just, and making Mm -hmm. it that much better and stuff like that and taking pride in what I do. And, and, and that, that to me is really gratifying, you know, and now to see it on, uh, you know, on the scale that I'm at now with all the employees is, is employing these people and giving them, you know, the opportunities Mm -hmm. is amazing. We have a company picnic every year where we go to a park and there's, you know, there's 500 of us and, and, and they all bring their families and, and we have either a kickball tournament, I get an ice cream truck and Mm -hmm. until it's gone, the ice cream trucks (laughs) there and we just, and we have fun. We do a yearly bowling tournament and then we have a really nice Christmas party, but they're, they're like, we're like just one big family. And and even though we're not, I mean, I guess we kind of are a bigger corporation Mm -hmm. now. I still want to have that mom and pop feel. And Mm -hmm. I want my, 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 my servers Mm -hmm. or my employees to make the people that come in Mm -hmm. feel like they're at home, you know, and get to know their names and know what their, their specials are and stuff like that. And, and over after doing it over all these years, I'm seeing generations of people coming back now and it's just, and and I'm, and I'm meeting their kids or their grandkids Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And it's just, it is, it's amazing. It really is.
0: Is there something that you hate about the restaurant business?
2: Well, I mean, there's, there's, you know, obviously there's some, you know, employee issues at times yeah. and stuff like that. I mean, mm-hmm. those, those things are headaches, but, yeah. and the bigger I get, the, the more frequent they are, but mm-hmm. it's just, you know, it's a, it's just one of those, you know, necessary, you know, things that you have to deal with, you know? And to me, you know, I'm like, I just want to hire happy and people that, that want to do their yeah, job. That's really and, funny. and 99.9% of the people are that way, yeah. I mean, especially if you're in the service industry yeah, I and mean, that's true. what this town's built on. Yeah.
0: I like how you said, like, your family is very important. I love that because it's true. If you're in the restaurant business, sometimes it's day and night. You know, I love how you said, like, you don't want to be older and and regret that I missed this of my kid or this of my kid. But besides your family, is there other things that you love like hobbies or you have passions
2: yeah I'm a big video gamer uh, I knew it I have mean, been my whole life
0: <laughs> yeah um,
2: I, I mean it's crazy I, I collect pinball machines I've got 55 pinball machines I, I, I read that
0: and I was like this guy's cool and, I like uh, that and
2: I literally I mean my son's 16 and we <laughs> sit in a room together on our computers and we, awesome. we, we play games and I and I just have I always have as a kid yeah and uh, I but I love the video games that's probably my, my hobby Me I'm a too. avid Golden Knights fan I a season nice. ticket holder. Oh, Cool. I got a bunch of season tickets for mm-hmm. the Raiders Stadium, so I'm really looking forward cool. to them coming to town yeah. and, um, and uh, next year, which yeah, will be fun. That's how,
0: yeah, because I think it's really important that people need to understand. Like, yes, we have our restaurant. Yes, we work all the time, and it's our thing. But we have our our separate stuff too that makes us happy. You know, oh, makes for us, sure. You know, T- speaking about pinball machines, by any chance, do you have the Simpsons one?
2: I do not, oh, man. but it's on my it's on my wish list. Yeah, the Simpsons pinball party. Yeah, me too.
0: Yeah, I a few years ago, I I saved up all my money and I bought the arcade, the Simpsons arcade that had like that has like over fifty games, like you know, like retro games and stuff like that. But my goal now is the Simpsons pinball machine. Yeah. I yeah. will have one.
2: We are, we're actually, we're, so I have, that's like my hobby. I mean, I, yeah. love, I love it. I tinker around with them. You know, when it gets to the really like the boards and all the, the hard stuff, yeah, I don't mess with yeah. that. But I can clean them and, and change oh, cool. you know, the rubbers and yeah. just some things on it are, are really fun. But, you know, I'm, uh, for me, I'm working on building a banquet facility out of, the, uh, out of where my commissary is. Mm-hmm. So it's less than a mile away from that Raider stadium. So we're building a banquet facility called Diversion Amusements. And Diversion and Amusements will house those 50 pinball mm-hmm. machines, and we're going to do real high-end tailgate parties. Cool. So, to me, it's going to be—it's kind of mm-hmm. out of my wheelhouse mm-hmm. because it's a banquet facility, but I've got a full commercial kitchen in there. We've got about 10,000 square feet. We've got a huge stage at one end, a bar at the other. Awesome. And— As it sets, there's like 47 pinball machines on the outer walls that when you come in, it'll be all set on free play. And obviously we can change those out. But for me, it's going to allow me to put, you know, some of my three favorite passions together, which is, you know, watching sports, eating and drinking and playing games. Oh, I love that. That's
0: awesome. That's really cool. Do you have any tips for future restaurant owners?
2: Well, as far as, like, getting into the business yeah. or how to start. Yeah. yeah. Or what,
0: are, what are the biggest things that you have learned? That well, makes-
2: I, I mean, I think you need to get out there and pay your dues. You mm-hmm. know, I mean, I think you really do. I mean, I think you want to get out there and work for somebody else and see what they're doing. Learn right. from their, their from their success or learn from their mistakes. And sometimes I think you learn more from the mistakes than the, than the success. Because sometimes when things are successful around you, they, everything just seems seamless. Yeah. And it's really hard at times to see what it is. But when it's a when it's crumbling around you, you see everything and you feel it too. But my suggestion was get out there and really, really just uh, work for somebody else, know the industry, you know, know your market and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then, and then figure out how you're going to go into this market or this industry, figure out how you're going to set yourself apart for somebody else, you know, and identify who your competition is and stuff like that. And, and, and I think that's a really good start. And then I think once you get, in there, mm-hmm. and you start doing it. I mean, you have one shot of getting it right, you right. know. And That's and in the true. restaurant business, I mean, I think the number one complaint in our industry is the temperature of food. Mm-hmm. You know, so I mean, I would focus on making sure the food's hot, the food's fresh, you know, and yeah. and and just be really consistent about mm-hmm. it, you know. And and I think once you get to a, a, a point where you have this, and 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 I I, I mentor a gentleman who has a pizza shop out here. And we talk a lot, and I'm like, and he's got two, and he's getting ready to go to three. And I'm like, well, make sure those two are really solid and don't even think about Mm -hmm. a third until you know you can walk away from that and not be there for three or four months Mm -hmm. and, and make sure you have the right team in there and stuff like that. So. there's definitely a lot of uh, things that you need to focus on at the beginning, but you're going to get to a point where either you're going to work for that restaurant the rest of your life, or if you want to grow it, then you're going to have to put yourself in the position where you do that. And that's just letting go and training people.
0: Yeah. That's, that's very smart. I, I agree. You have to work for other people to know, like you said, learn their mistakes, figure out like, you know, I, I love when, when like, for example, the restaurant business, an employee tells you, I recommend that, you know from years working here maybe you should change this or maybe you should change that you know that's that you're learning from employees also that been in the business for many years yeah. so that's that's a really I
2: like that. Yeah, I, I love the feedback from them. Not only them, yeah. but from the customers, too. You True, know? yeah. But but for me, I think, you know, you you mentioned change. And to me, that is probably the most thing, the thing that you have to be most comfortable with. Right. And and, and, yeah. and to me, I want my management team being comfortable being uncomfortable.
0: Exactly. You know,
2: because then any situation isn't going to, is not going to stress them out mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I move my people around. In fact, probably one of the biggest complaints I hear from my customers is, is that they get you accustomed to this management team and I move them and I move move them quite frequently just mm-hmm. because for me, it's, I use it as a training tool. And also I use it as, it keeps it fresh for them. It's a different set of customers. It's a different set of employees. It's a different drive to work every day. So yeah. it just keeps them on it. And if they really wanna learn, I want them to see how three or four different general managers operate the restaurant because there's no exact set way mm-hmm. to do it. I mean, everyone has their own, their own, you know, their own management style and stuff like that. And I want them to experience that because that way they've got more, more things to pull from to become their, their person mm-hmm. and their thing because they're going to be a little piece of all those people. So the more they see, the more they're going to grow. And and the only time the company's going to grow or an individual's going to grow is when they're stressed. A lot of right. people would like to get in that rut and just yeah. stay there and not move and be afraid to move. And that's true. and you have you have to take those chances. You got to take those challenges.
0: Yeah, that's very true that I I, I experienced that a lot, like with um, my employees that I'm like, hey, like, let's, for example, like a busser. Hey, you should be a food runner. So one day you can be a, a waiter. And they're scared, you know, and but that's life. Yeah. Life. If you're living life. The right way, you're scared most of the time and uncomfortable most of the time, right?
2: Well, the only way you're going to grow is to try it, you know. Yeah. And if you fall down, just get up and wipe your knees off and start all over again.
0: Yeah, that's very true. So is there anything you find yourself trying to improve on as a boss?
2: Yeah, well, so I think in the position I'm in as the boss, there's lots of things I look at. I mean, I look at, you know, improving my managers, working with them so they can work well with other people. But, you know, also the position i now, I'm really looking at technology. And this goes back to talking about the change thing. Right. Because, yeah. I mean, technology is something that these restaurants um, are going to get passed up if they don't start doing it and stuff like that. So we just introduced handhelds into two of my locations. Oh, nice. And, okay. uh, and so you can, the servers actually have their own POS in their hand so no longer are they writing down the order yeah. at the at the at, mm-hmm. at the table and then they got to try to read their writing wait for a terminal to come up and, you know, sometimes it could be a 10 minute gap between when that order was taken and they were actually in, were able to put it in. Well, that's for the customers, true. that's mm-hmm. 10 minutes gone, you know, mm-hmm. and let's say the kitchen's running a 15 minute ticket time because they get buried, you know, then you're, it's a 25 minute experience for that. Well, with these new handhelds and this technology, the, the order goes straight from the tablet right to the kitchen. Right, so there is yeah. there is there there is no 10 minutes to be chewed mm-hmm. up. So in theory, it's going to help them be more efficient, hopefully make the restaurant be more efficient and have a better experience for the customers so we can turn the tables quicker. So, so far that's working out really well. Um, mm -hmm. We've got a waitlist program we use called Waitlist Me, which Mm -hmm. is, uh, which is you put in your phone number Mm -hmm. and that way people don't have to hover around the front door. If it's cold, they can go sit in the car or they could go, you know, they could go shopping if there's a store around Mm -hmm. there. And then we text them when their tables ready and stuff like that. So um, that kind of technology I think is, is really good. And I think, you know, people want to look at that and embrace it and stuff like that. Yeah,
0: that's very true because we actually have an episode about that, like all the new stuff and like having to get into it because though we're used to the old school, like, for example, like the delivery services nowadays, like everybody's ordering like the POSs you have to get into I mean, the, that, the transition that yeah. I've seen
2: is just crazy because when I first bought the egg and I, we had a cat, just a cash register. I mean, it was probably right. something you bought it like at yeah. like uh, Smart and Final for mm-hmm. like a hundred bucks and, and yeah. the drawer was broke off on it <laughs> and that's how they would ring in the checks and then the people would take it up front and there'd be another one. I mean, yeah. it was just so, I mean, it's crazy and then you get in the POS system. Yeah. Um, we, do, we are running uh, Ziosk, which are those little tablets that sit on the table in oh, six of okay. my stores. Mm-hmm. Well, and that allows the customers to um, pay the bill from there because one of my biggest opportunities in my business was the, the weight to pay on the way out, mm-hmm. you know, so this gives the customer ability to pay at the table if they yeah. would like. Um, so that's some m- new mm-hmm. technology that we did, too, because yeah. the one thing I don't ever want to do is have my servers be cashiers.
0: Right. You
2: know, or my servers be a busser. And I worked at one, one restaurant chain, and I won't mention who it is, mm-hmm. but I was a server, a busser, and a cashier, yeah. you know, and I was lucky to handle a three-table station, mm-hmm. and it just... It, it just, for me, from an employee perspective, just wasn't a positive experience. Yeah,
1: so I vow never true. to have that. So, yeah.
2: But it allows the customers, if they don't want to wait in that line, to just put their credit card mm-hmm. in there, pay and go. Also, for me, it's an advertising thing where I can put advertising on that Zios tablet. And it also allows me to um, get feedback because there is a, um, oh, a nice. survey at the mm-hmm. end.
0: Oh, that's which great. is good, you yeah, know, cool. and I think
2: one thing that, you know, that you need to do as a, as a restaurateur and you need to really keep your eye on is your social reputation. I mean, that is the key to the future of not only restaurant business, mm-hmm. but pretty much all businesses. Yeah. I mean, people are, are coming to the town and and they're not looking at what the Review Journal thinks the best restaurant right. in town. That's true. They're, they're, they're looking at Yelp. They're looking yeah. at TripAdvisor, looking at Google. So you need to keep your pulse on that and you need mm-hmm. to make sure that you're, you're hitting four and a half five yeah. stars all the time mm-hmm. if not that's telling you there's something wrong with right. the restaurant and you need mm-hmm. to go find it and fix it whether it's an employee or the food or the temperature of the food you need to listen to that feedback you know and you got to take it with a in stride too because some people are out just hating and going to throw right you know exactly. just throw some bad reviews at mm-hmm. you just because of of who you are and, and where you're at mm-hmm. in that, in that realm. Yeah. But, um, but the majority of the people are telling their opinion. And to me, that's their perception of that experience. And, and I keep a really good close eye on that um, as far as that, that social media mm-hmm. and the social media marketing right. and stuff like that, because that, that's your report card. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not giving my crew the report card, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the report right. card and who's mm-hmm. given that my crew and my management team, that report card is the, uh, the customer's and the employees
0: yeah that's, and that, awesome. that's
2: who gives us the mm-hmm. grades true you know? very true So,
0: yeah i kind of want to talk a little bit about your habla diablo how did how did that come about
2: well so uh, <laughs> this was guys probably 10 <laughs> or 12 years ago so i was wanting a hot sauce in there you know because <laughs> i had the you know the, the cholula i had the, the yeah. tabasco green mm-hmm. and red and, yeah and i don't remember what else we had another one in there but I just, I wanted my own. And at first I started making some phone calls around Mm -hmm. Southern California and I just wanted somebody to create a, and just private label. It could be their sauce, but just put an Eggworks label Mm -hmm. on it. So I called and I just, I couldn't get anybody to do it. I couldn't get anyone Mm -hmm. that that was willing to do that for me. So um, I just started my journey over in California and I met with a food Mm -hmm. chemist and uh, started talking about what I wanted to do. But prior to that, we were manufacturing our own hot sauces in the back kitchen. Me and a couple of the guys, and we were buying the peppers, and we were mm-hmm. bought the bottles, and we were bottling it all ourselves. Um, and then I had people wanting to buy it. And then you know, you in order to sell it over state lines, you got to have it you know regulated with the FDA, yeah. and you got to mm-hmm. so. It was getting it was really starting to take off and and I had a contest in the company and allowed anybody you know who could come up with a name oh. come up with and that's kind of how we came up with the name yeah, you know oh, cool. Diablo <laughs> and uh, um, but I got to the point where I just had to go over there and, and, and make it legit with that mm-hmm. so we got a food chemist and we, we it was you know, get your it's he's like a mad scientist and you literally make a beaker full of sauce about a pint mm-hmm. and that's your test batch and we made we started with the regular I've got four of them now so we got and we just worked on those so over the course of three years I developed the two salsas the Bloody Mary mix the four hot sauces and I've got a co-packer over there that manufactures my recipes for me Cool. so but I that's kind of how it started and then it just started kind of you know Snowballing, yeah. and, and and now like my salsa, as we go through, I don't know, 100 gallons of red salsa a week. But I manufacture it into gallon jugs mm-hmm. that we just that I have a company that that sells it to my restaurants. And right. and for me, it's just because I was buying somebody else's salsa, adding cilantro and a bunch right. of bunch mm-hmm. of seasonings to it, and burr mixing it, and 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 it was good. It was a good base. But I just wanted my own that we started from scratch. So
0: that's great.
2: so now we've got a warehouse that we just ship all this mm-hmm. stuff out of and season too
0: yeah oh the seasoning is good is that, that's the Seasoning they use for your potatoes, right?
2: Yeah, we yeah, go through oh about those
0: potatoes are oh, amazing. They're crazy.
2: And we go through that seasoning, we go through about 17,000 pounds, 18,000 pounds a year of that seasoning. So, yeah, it's really crazy. Good. And we were hand blending that stuff at first, oh, we, wow. were, we were sourcing the stuff here locally, and then we were hand blending it. So, in all the restaurants, and I mean, it's just when you're talking that much spice, mm-hmm. but you know, the, the main factor out of that is I found a company in California that we signed a you know confidentiality agreement with, and they custom blend this Mm -hmm. stuff for me and ship it here so the recipe's not out there anymore and we tweaked the recipe when we put it over there anyway and so now we order it and it literally comes in uh, 2,000 pound pallets and we get like 17,000 pounds a year but we were sourcing it at five dollars and twenty-five cents a pound and now we manufacture it for about a buck seventy a pound with nice. that. So huge savings. Yeah. And that's what that's what that warehouse gave yeah. us. That that's where we some of that food cost was yeah. ascertained was from stuff like that. But the seasoning this the spice company have is amazing. And they do, I think, eighteen different custom blends for us.
0: Nice. Which is yeah, good. That's, that's cool. That's really good. Brad, um, last question. What are some of your favorite restaurants?
2: Oh, so let's see. I go <laughs> it, it's crazy because I don't eat a ton out, but okay. the ones I go to Your wife's as, cooking uh, No, she doesn't do anything. Oh no, I just do it, you? I do okay. it all. I do. Yeah. Well <laughs> she's lucky then. Well she's cooking when we do Uber Eats. <laughs> 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 That's cooking. But um but so if we go out, um I don't know, let's see. I when I go down to the hockey game, I get out a lot. So we go to Tom's Urban. Love that place! They got these prime rib sliders that are amazing. So shout Mm -hmm. out to them. Um, (laughs) You know, also there's California pizza down there, but um, there's a uh, little Tabanaki place that we eat over off of uh, over by the RC Willie on the other side of town, and it's called uh, Hokkaidos. Mm -hmm. And we've been going there for about 12 years, and it's a family run, and they got just the the amazing hibachi that they do there. Sushi Fever's another one that the kids like that we go to, Um, and then. uh, I'm trying to think, down on, uh used to be, it was called, it's down on Lake Mead, and it's an Italian restaurant, mm-hmm. and it used to be the, I'm trying to th- they have one in the district, but this is a different, different one, but it's a really good Italian restaurant, and the name will come to me in a minute, I'm drawing draw a blank now, it'll but come But
0: it's to good. Me. Oh, it's oh, good. Oh, yeah.
2: But, and, and that's it, I kind of find myself going to those staples um, mm-hmm. over and over, and, um, you know, that's pretty much it.
0: That's awesome. Well, you have an amazing story. I love the way you think, the, how the employees are the most important thing. And to be honest, of all my years, that's the biggest thing I have learned is that you have to see them like your family, like really take care of them. And I love what you said, and I'm gonna take it in and, and understand that they're humans and they have families too, you know? Oh, for sure. So that's, that's really great. And Eggworks is so good.
2: I appreciate breakfast that. Breakfast is the most
0: important meal of the day.
2: I agree. Get out there.
0: And if you're going to eat breakfast, go there, you know. For it's sure. really good. You have I I also love is that you have a large menu. Like, it's really good.
2: Yeah. Well, and it gives you that It gives you that choice. I mean, right. a lot of people come in and they have their go-to and stuff like exactly. that. But, you know, I challenge them to try different things. And yeah. and I love to get in there and get uh, and, into the the commissary and the restaurants and, and make up different things. And, you know, like we came up with these two new hashes and we do a smoked chicken mm-hmm. and chorizo and we blend it Ooh. up and have a smoked yeah. chicken chorizo hash, which we actually have. Um, the corned beef has red potatoes in it, but the yeah. other two hashes we do have hash browns in them.
0: Oh, nice! And they're
2: just—they're just really good. Yeah. And just you know, we have a Chipotle Hollandaise sauce that we use. And
0: mm-hmm. oh yeah, that the- Hollandaise sauce is.
2: It's so good. good. In fact, that's something that I have manufactured. It's actually my sauce. I have it oh, packaged nice. under a product line called Fog Fields. And that gravy and the sauce in there, um, I have manufactured from my spice. And uh, we, we bring in thousands and thousands of pounds of that stuff. And it's just in our restaurants. But I have it manufactured for me, yeah, which that, is good. That
0: sauce is really good because I like the Benny's
2: Yes. Yeah. Those are some of our best sellers. Yeah, I yeah.
0: love those. Each, there's so many choices, but like I said, can't go wrong with whichever choice you pick.
2: They're, yeah. Yeah. And you they're have all good.
0: pancakes, waffles, everything, everything that you can dream up in yeah, the pre- we do, we breakfast do. world. Yeah. And the crazy thing is
2: everybody knows us for lunch. And our saying is like, you know, us for lunch. Try us for, or you know, us for breakfast. Now try us yeah. for lunch. And, uh, you know, cause we make our, we, you know, we hand pat our patties. We bring it oh, in. Nice. Never frozen. Yeah. They're all fresh. All of our soups are made fresh. Salad dressings are made fresh. Um, you know, and, and, and our, our lunches are equally as good.
0: Oh, cool. You know, we have yeah. like this,
2: just, you know, this tuna melt sandwich yeah. that's got the grilled Parmesan sourdough on it and um, just some good stuff. We have Cincinnati style chili, some yeah, stuff from Cincinnati. Chili, yeah. So I brought, mm-hmm. I brought, you know, my version, I call it Cincy's chili, yeah. which is comparable to anyone who knows about Cincy's mm-hmm. chili or Cincinnati chili would be Skyline, has that similar p- taste profile, oh, nice. but it's crazy. We sell a ton of that yeah. stuff out here.
0: Well, Brad, keep doing what you're doing and I hope you have seven more.
2: I appreciate it.
0: Yeah. Cause it's good. I love it. Thank you. Thank you, Beth, for being here.
2: All right. Well, thanks for having me.
0: Thank you. Thank you for listening and please subscribe to wherever you listen to podcasts and don't forget to follow us on social media. And please, those five stars would mean a lot to me. A nice review also would be very appreciated.
2: And all points West.